Welcome back to the Blackshoot Diaries Matcast. I'm Garrett Carr alongside Clay Sourty. Clay, how are you? Good. Glad to be back on the air. Uh, glad to be back with you, Garrett. And uh, oh, glad to be you. talking some, thank you, some Penn State I wrestling. It. I appreciate it, Clay. Anytime. All right. Well, yeah, so the big story, Penn State wrestling right now is, uh, you know, the team has been in action, but they sent a couple kids down to the Southern Scuffle. Highlighted by a victory for uh, freshman phenom Mark Hall. Wins the Outstanding Wrestler down in Tennessee. Uh, what a show Mark put on. Yeah, a really impressive performance by Mark Hall against a very tough field down in Chattanooga. Um, knocked off Martin Dwayne of the Citadel in the first round with a pin in, I believe, the second period. Um Majored Oklahoma State's backup Jordan Rogers, 12-4 in the second round. And He's then really, um, no, He's Jordan Rogers bad. has so, some solid wins. Um, the quarterfinals is where he really announced announced himself. Took down top-seeded and third-ranked uh, Casey Kent of uh, Penn, 9-4 in the quarterfinals. And really just controlled that entire match. I, I thought he could have got, could, got the... Uh, Major there if he pushed a little harder, and that's one of the things you may see in terms of picking up pace in the future. Um, had a bit of a scare in the semifinals. Met up with um, Ryan Price of Lehigh, who holds victories over both of Penn State's starting 174-pounders right now, both Shakur Rashid and Gina Morelli. Um, Price jumped out to a 2-1 lead after two periods, got a escape early in third, and led 3-1 with about a minute remaining in the match, and Hall locked up a front headlock and went, took a, took Price over with a pretty, pretty um, impressive cement mixer to get the fall, and he was pumped. I don't know if anybody had a chance Flo to see called it a concrete mixer. See that. I had heard that before. It was. Uh, Cliff Fretwell, I believe, on the call there for Flo. Um, but a really, mixer. really, really gorgeous move. By, by Mark, and you could see in his celebration how much that meant to him to get into the final scuffle. And he mentioned um, after Price's match, he kind of struggled a bit with how hard Price was down blocking and kind of struggled to get the legs. But just a, a um, really impressive performance to come out and find a way to win when you don't have your best stuff. Um, then came out in the finals against... Um, Former All-American Kyle Crutchmer of Oklahoma State, who many think could contend for a national title this year. Not me. Um, and I'm not one of those. Really put put a weapon on Crutchmer. Won 10-3, and it looked like maybe it could have been more. Um, rode him pretty, pretty well. Racked up some back points. Just an outstanding performance by the uh, redshirt freshman who may not have that redshirt on much longer. I hope not. Um, I think you're going to see some some really, really loud arguments for Hall going forward. Um, you've obviously been one of his biggest advocates, and I don't know that anybody questions how good Mark Hall is. I think it's just a matter of what's best for him long-term and his chances of winning this year. Obviously, the win at the scuffle um, sends a very clear message that he feels, I'm sure, and, and many other feel that he can compete for a title this year at 174. Um, but I don't believe you're going to see Kale Sanderson in any rush to determine that. I don't think there's 
any need to determine that before the Big Ten tournament or thereabout. I have a strange feeling he's going to wrestle Friday night. Hey, if he was going to come out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, back back home in Minnesota would probably be the place to do it, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know. I just got the straight. Like, I mean, I mean, he he's going on the trip. Like, it just, I don't know. If you list the uh, the match notes right now, it has. Morelli and Rashid listed Morelli or Rashid listed at 174 for this weekend, but it's definitely interesting to see the Hall is taking the trip with them. Yeah, I mean, Kale says it's for acclimation purposes, but I don't know. You don't get a guy acclimated if you don't think that there's a potential. Yeah, yeah. To I mean, use him in the future, so it's it not like it's not like Mark Hall see. needs acclimated to big situations in wrestling. Like the dude's won a junior world championship. He's won five state championships in Minnesota. Won another, won another one in Kentucky. Just won the Southern Scuffle. I could go on and on. Like the dude, like, like I love Kale, but like he's kind of giving us a line there about the acclimation. You have to agree, Clay. Hey, he's we saw it before the year. He redshirted Nico Zane Nolf and and Nickel. Um, He's very adamant sometimes about sticking to plans, and if the plan is to redshirt Mark Hall, it wouldn't sh- shock me if they can. Yeah, but he to never flirted. Yeah, but he never flirted with it like that. Like he, like he never was like, "Well, we might bring Zane back," and he's been saying that all year about Mark. Like it's not the same plan. Yep, and I will, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, if anything, it'll serve to lay the fire under either or um, Gino Morelli. And um, Shakur Rashid at 174 because they know that there's somebody behind them who really, really wants to take that spot. I I just want, I mean, just imagine the murderer's row Penn State could have between 149 and, one, and 184. Yeah, you go Rutherford, probably your favorite for a national champion. Probably. Uh, 157, probably you have a Nolf. favorite. I'm. Throwing it out there. 157, you have Nolf, a favorite for a national championship. Uh, 165, you have Chenzo, who's many think can, can be an AA or even a high AA. Um, 174, you would have Mark Hall, who immediately becomes at least a title contender. And then 184, you have Bo Nickel. Who, I mean, 184, you have yeah. Bo Nickel, who many think is maybe the only guy out there right now that could stop... Um, Gabe Dean from just running roughshod over one eight, the 184-pound division. I mean, you've got to think that if Mark comes out of his shirt, he and Zahid are co-favorites. I think, uh, given the fact that Zahid's probably one or two right now, the fact that uh, Hall has had some, some pretty strong success against Valencia recently in folk style, especially uh, who's number one a couple of years ago where Hall was comfortably the better wrestler, um, I would even put Hall above above um, Zahid, but it'll be very interesting to see maybe what he does with a guy like a Bo Jordan who, like Price, is very sound positionally. Yeah, but so is Marky too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it, it opens the opportunity to have some, some very, very good matches there in the semifinals or finals. And here's my thing with Marky too. And, my thing with Marky is that I don't think anyone is going to improve as much. Like, let's say the shirt comes off. 
no one's going to improve as much from now till St. Louis as much as Mark does. That's fair. I won't argue that. Um, I think as we said earlier, um, I don't know that anybody that wants to keep the red shirt on thinks it's because Mark Hall can't compete. No, yeah. I mean, you'd be foolish to think that. So it'll be very interesting to see how that progresses. And we could see that progress even as early as this weekend. Yeah, I mean, he's making the trip to Minnesota, to Nebraska. Coach Kale says for acclimation purposes. I think that's just a line. Um, you don't, I mean, Mark Hall isn't a hermit. He doesn't need acclimated to any situation in wrestling. Um, you know, I mean, he's he he's a world champion, so. That he is. And uh, Penn State set to start the Big Ten slate uh, this weekend. And really excited to have some dual action and some big duels at that. I mean, kind of. Hey, haven't beaten Minnesota now for at least, I think it's five or six years. So definitely it's been a significant period of time since they've beaten Minnesota. That's right, we didn't rest them last year. We didn't rest them last year, that's right. So there's going to be some vengeance maybe on the mind there. As Penn State walks into um, walks into Minneapolis, St. Paul, and tries to kind of assert their dominance on a Gopher squad that really is a bit down this year. I uh, yeah, well, they're, well, they're better than last year. Yeah, I think um, you've seen some guys improve. Uh, some guys coming out of redshirt this year that have have really helped them. Um, but just uh, there's some some really really interesting matches here. Um, Starting at 125, you're going to see uh, freshman phenom Nick Suriano taking on Ethan Lezak, who, in my opinion, was the outstanding wrestler of the Southern Scuffle. Um, nothing against Mark, but Lezak absolutely dominated his way through a bracket that included Darian Cruz, Nick Piccinini, and Jack Mueller of Virginia, all ranked guys. And Lezak just kind of rolled through all of them. I believe he might have even... Yeah. That had a major decision. He may have even had a major decision against all three, but um, the name they're throwing around now is a uh, Lezak backpack for um, his his work on top, and it was it was evident and in full force at the scuffle. So I'm very interested to see how Nick handles handles that if he goes under him, and if he does, how he's able to get out because that's a matchup now. If you look at the flow rankings of the number three guy in the country in Soriano and the number four guy in Lezak. So th- that would probably be our best indication all year of where Soriano is at. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing Lezak at um, Rec Hall do a nice job riding Jordan Conaway. Yeah, uh, he's just um, a really tough PA kid. Um, they, they say uh, in Pennsylvania, come out of the womb with – with a uh, forward pressure on top. So um, really impressive from Lezak this weekend. And he's taken a, a complete another step up in his game this year. I mean, that, that's an Ethan, Ethan Lezak that I had never seen before. So I'm very interesting to see, interested in seeing how that plays out against a guy in Soriano who's solid in all three positions. Yeah, and of course the Big Ten Network isn't televising this match uh, because the Big Ten Network stinks at wrestling coverage. Gotta get that BTN Plus subscription. Is it, um, on it? Is it on it? Always. 
Um, okay, fair enough. One thirty-three. You got um, Mitch McKee ranked. Um, I oh, believe yeah. he's ranked in the floor rankings, but he's ranked number eighteen by Inter- Intermat. Um, taking on either Jared Cortez or George Carpenter, I would believe would be the would be the alternate there at one thirty-three. Yeah, Coach Kale today. Uh, today being Wednesday, the day we're recording this, uh, was a little apprehensive about committing to Cortez this weekend, saying that he's in the room wrestling, but that they're not um, rushing him back. So he made it. He left the door open for Cortez not to wrestle this weekend. Yeah, Jared's uh, been dealing with some injuries lately, a little banged up. Um, McKee's a really, really funky guy. I'm not sure that's somebody you want to throw out, a guy coming off injury injury against. Um, you're probably going to get in some, some really uncomfortable positions. Um, I think, obviously, if he's healthy, they're not going to hold him back. But it'll be very interesting to see where his health is at. Uh, moving up to 141, you've got unranked Gannon Volk of Minnesota against Jimmy Golubon. Hopefully a chance for Jimmy to uh, get things moving in the right direction. Look at all these Apple Valley kids. Yeah, uh, Mark's going to feel very, very at home. A lot of old heading, friends. A lot of old he- friends. Heading home. But uh, 149, you've got Freddie Stroker, who's... Child prodigy. Been a little, been a little underwhelming, actually, this year um, from Freddie Stroker. Still unranked. Um, probably not the best opportunity for him to uh, move on up in those rankings. Well, but if he wins, he's got to be ranked. Well, yeah, but that's assuming but if, that he has like, a chance of chance of yeah, winning, and he doesn't. At uh, 157, you've got Jake Short from Minnesota uh, taking on Jason Nolf. Short's been up and down. Uh, Short's had some really good wins in his career. Has not looked fantastic. I don't believe this year. Um. I believe he was at Midlands and didn't look all that outstanding. Um, I would be very, very surprised if Nolf didn't come away from this one with maybe a tech fall or a pin. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I always bet on Nolf to, to tech fall or pin someone. It's a pretty, like, sure bet. 165, you've got Brandon Kingsley for Minnesota. And... Um, You'll have Tenzo Joseph going for Penn State. It'll be very interesting to see uh, how that goes. Kingsley's been up and down. He's not a ranked guy, but he's a senior. Very, very solid. Um, doesn't get himself out of position. And Tenzo's been up and down as well this year. Uh, only has one loss, but I think there's been some matches against lesser opponents where he's not looked all that great. Obviously, he's dealt with some illness, I think, has been touched on. Um, had some flu-like symptoms in the last series of duels. Um, but he's had a break, had time to get his body right. It'll be interesting to see what he can do against Kingsley. Another Appy Valley kid. It's chock full of them. Uh, 174, we've got Nick Wanzik um, taking on either Gino Morelli or Shakur Rashid. Or Mark Hall. At least according to the match notes, Mark Hall traveling with the team can't rule him out. Um, but right now the match notes have Rashid or Morelli going. Um, Coach Kale, if you're listening, rule Mark Hall in. It's going to be um, an interesting measuring stick, I think, for either Morelli or Rashid. 
Um, I don't think Wanzik's quite as good as Price. I think he's probably in a tier below, but he's another guy that's very, very difficult to to take down. Not easy to get to his legs. Um, I would like to see if it's maybe somebody like Rashid, him to come out and really get to his offense. I think we saw that a little more last year where he shot a lot more last year than he has in some of his matches this year. Um, both have some very strong top games, so it'll be interesting to see um, how that turns out. Yeah, that'll be one of the better matches of the day, you'd have to think. Absolutely. Um, 184, you've got Bobby Stevenson, the older brother of... Uh, Gable. Stud Gable. recruit Gable Stevenson. Gable, come to um, Penn State. Bobby highly ties recruit. Has not looked all that outstanding thus far for Minnesota. Um, obviously not quite the level of wrestler his brother is. Nothing against Bobby. But, um, and he, he's not doing himself any favors stepping in this week against, uh, against Bo Nickel, who's pinned pretty much everything in sight, uh, so far this year. So, that should hey, be... this would be a good chance for Gable to see Penn State in action. It's like an unofficial, it's like a, it's like a cheap unofficial visit. Gable, if you're watching, we know you're watching. If you're listening... Pay more attention. Um, <laughs> Just open one ninety seven. on the podcast. One ninety seven, one two eighty five. Probably the matchups of the duel, right? I mean, uh, they have to be. No, I mean one twenty five too. Ah, uh, one twenty five. It'd be kind of really, cool if really they started good at duel. It'd be kind of cool if they started at one thirty three. Hey, I rounded off with one ninety seven, two eighty five, and one twenty five. Sounds yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and actually, cool. you make you make a very good point. There's been a debate going on in the wrestling community right now that duels should be ordered not necessarily to favor one team or the other, but for entertainment value. And I really think we need to start promoting the sport that way in terms of building two co-main events in the main event. And I, I think this would be a good opportunity. Unfortunately, I don't think you're going to get both coaches to agree on that, but I would I would love to see it. Yeah, Coach Coach Kale likes to start at 125. But you have a, a ranked matchup at 197. You've got Brett Farr for Minnesota, who's been really nothing sort of excellent this year. Um, just lost a really, really tight match with Jaden Cox in the Southern Scaffold Final, where Farr at one point was in on a takedown. It looked like he might take the lead late in the third period. Um, matching up with Matt McCutcheon, who's... Again, we've touched on it all year, up from 184 and up to number 5 in the flow rankings. So that's number 2 against number 5. And Farr came up from 184, I believe, last year to 197. Um, I believe Farr's a bit more full-sized. He, he, he really fills out that frame at 197, whereas I, I still think Cutts probably isn't quite there. Um, and I think Cutts' length could hurt him here, but... It's a really, really good chance to see where Matt McCutcheon is at the, at the uh, 197 landscape because I think Farr is a pretty clear number two right now in that division. Clay, there are rumors that Anthony Cassar is ready to wrestle off at 197. He's supposedly uh, back in the room, back on the full. I would be shocked if you don't see him try to get in some some open tournaments coming up and get a gauge of where he is before you get see him get a shot at um, McCutcheon. I think if McCutcheon keeps handling his business, it's going to be very, very hard to take it that away. 
but I think, like we said, that this will be a good gauge of where Kutch is. Yes, for sure. And let's go to 285. We have uh, Nick Nevels for Penn State, obviously. Uh, up against number six, Michael Krolls of Minnesota. Speaking of a good measuring stick matchup, um, Krolls is solid. Krolls is really, really solid. I think um, he's almost at kind of a gatekeeper status in that division where I don't think he's quite at the level. Well, he's definitely not at the level of a Kyle Snyder or Medbury or even maybe a Walls, but I don't, even, I don't know if he's at the level of Tanner Hall, who right now sits at number four. But he's also what's separating the guys right below him in Neville's and Sam Stoll and Jacob Casper of Duke. Shout out Jacob Casper for a really, really impressive win at the Southern Scuffle. Um, really cool things happening down there for Duke wrestling. Um, but this will be a good matchup for Neville's to see where he's at, to see whether maybe he can sneak into that top four or even break his way into that top four. I don't know that Nick Neville's doing anything sneakily. Sneaking, or uh, speaking of Minnesota heavyweights, one who I don't miss. Um, I would imagine it's Anthony Nelson. One Anthony yes. Nelson. Yes, Tony Nelson. Um, don't miss him. Do not miss him. Gwiz, very thank you. See, thank you for beating Tony Nelson. Thank you. Very Gwiz. interesting to see the um, plodding heavyweight kind of go by the wayside recently. You have some really, really athletic guys at 285 right now, and Neville's is definitely one of them. Yes, for sure. Thank God. So, Garrett, what do you see for a, a dual score in this one? Well, let me go down here because I'm usually pretty good with the dual scores. Let's say I got Suriano, decision. Um, if Cortez wins, I got Cortez, decision. Uh, 141, I got Jimmy, decision. 149, pin. 50 nothing. 157, pin. 21 nothing. 165. Let's say decision. 24 nothing. 174. If if Mark wrestles, major decision. If Mark doesn't wrestle, decision. So let's say 27 nothing. 184 pin. 33 nothing. 197 loss. 33 3. And um, 285 win. 36 3. You're on 36 3. I'm going to operate under the assumption. Um, that Jared Cortez does not wrestle only because you mentioned kind of Kale's comments about not rushing him back. I don't think that that's something that you throw out there if your guy's going to wrestle on Friday. Um, obviously, maybe something switch changes quickly between now and then. But we'll go um, Suriano with the decision over Lezak. I don't think that's a foregone conclusion at all. Not the, not the way that Lezak is not going to be Nick Suriano. I, I, not the way that Lezak is wrestling. I, I, I favor Suriano, but that was... That was really, really impressive to me. Um, Mitchell McKee, I think, gets probably a major decision over George Carpenter to make it 4-3 Minnesota. We'll give Jimmy a win at 141, make it um, 6-4 Penn State. Pin at 149, make it 12-4. Five uh, for a tech fall at 157, make it 17-4. Major decision for Chenzo over Kingsley, make it 21-4. Give me um, Gino. Or Rashid with a regular decision to make it, uh, I believe, 24-4. Um, I think Nickel pinned Stevenson to make it 30-4. Jimmy um, Farr over McCutcheon in a closer-than-you'd-expect battle to make it, what was that? 30-7. 30-7. Thir- thir- 
And then I think um, you're going to see Neville's come away with the win to make it 33-7 so we for the Penn State off. win. Really, really the only difference in our whole thing is I'm assuming Cortez is going to wrestle and you're not. Yeah, I, th- I think like essentially, we, we essentially. have the same general consensus. And it's going to be really, really fun to see uh, Minnesota get some comeuppance. Yeah. But uh, moving on Sunday, we still got... have nightmares about um, about Dylan Ness dumping all in. What the? Uh, what? What? Um... Do you mean you? Not, not, no, not good. Not good. Um, Sunday, Penn State heads to Lincoln, Nebraska, home of the friendliest fans in college sports. Clay, they really are fantastic people. Huskers fans, if you're listening, come visit. Say hi. Come to a duel at Penn State. We'll buy you beer. Come to Whiskers. I'll buy you. I'll buy you stuff. Um, and a really, really impressive Nebraska squad. Seven zero in duels on the year. One and zero in the Big Ten. Um, Midlands champion in Eric Montoya. Um, Midlands champion, I believe, with TJ Dudley. Yes. Hey, I was high. Um, on, I was high on Montoya to start the year, Clay. Should be, you were, should be Midlands champion with Tyler Berger. We'll get into that maybe a bit later when we break down the matchup. But, um, and seven ranked guys in the lineup. This is a really, really impressive Nebraska squad. Three, four, and five of them in the top five. So, I mean, you're not talking fringe ranked guys. You're talking studs. Yeah, I, I'm really, really impressed with Nebraska. And I think they probably don't get as much credit from... The rest of us and the wrestling world kind of outside the Midwest for just how deep of a lineup Mark Manning has put together. Clay, you probably know more about this. How's Chad Red doing? Chad Red's actually doing very good. Um, I believe he lost in a Southern or not a Southern Scuffle, a Midland semifinal to Matt Kolodzik. Uh, held a late lead actually to Kolodzik, who's my good, who's my um, pick my national off. championship pick there at one forty one. Um, Redhead held a late lead, gave up a takedown at the buzzer to take it to sudden, sudden victory, and then gave up a takedown sudden victory. But Red pretty much uh, asserted himself, I mean, to me, wrestling in maybe the deepest bracket there at, at 141. Yeah, no, Chad, I mean, Chad Red's good. <laughs> and then you've also got um, Bo Bresky, a very highly tied recruit, or red shirting at 174 for, for the Huskers. Yeah. I could see Nebraska becoming a power, um, especially once the Brands brothers get fired after next year. Um, I, did I say that out loud? Um, <laughs> whoops. Um, uh, anyways, I believe Nebraska is going to become a power. Anytime you can uh, tout the opportunity to train with one Jordan Burroughs and one Mr. James Green, you've uh, you've got some stuff to sell in recruiting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on the Brands Brothers comment? No comment. <laughs> okay. Um, um, run down the matches here. We got 125. You're going to have Tim Lambert, who's a former All-American at 125. Uh, really tough matchup. I think Soriano's probably going to be favored there, but Lambert's not an easy out for anybody. 133, you have Eric Montoya, another senior, another former All-American, who... We talked about Lezak being a, a tough rider. Eric Montoya put in the ride of his life over Zane Richards to take the title at Midlands. He's better and than Zane Richards, by the way. That wasn't I a don't clue. know. He's actually better than Zane Richards. 
I don't know why anybody would choose down against Eric Montoya. I, I mean, we, we talked about this kind of before the show. We, we discussed this off air. Uh, how many coaches kind of automatically put their wrestler down, assuming it's a free point? Like, kids do it against Zane. Stru- like, how, how can you do that against Zane Rutherford? How, how can you be like, you know what, go down? If your wrestler struggles on bottom, particularly if he struggles on bottom, don't put your wrestler down against Eric Montoya. You're either going to get turned or you're going to get ridden out, and it's just not going to be the best thing to give your guy the opportunity to win. And we'll touch on that a bit later to see who goes against Montoya for Penn State because that's one of the things I think Jared Cortez really needs to work on is his, is getting out from bottom. So we'll touch on that a bit. Uh, 141, we've got Colton McChrystal, which may be the best name in the lineup. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I, I have to say I, so. I can't see any other out there, but, uh, Colt McChrystal, who has some good wins not, this year, ranked number, yeah. ranked number 13 by Flo, uh, holds a win, I believe, early season over Chad Red. Um, gonna be another tough matchup for Jimmy Golubon. Again, this will be an interesting week- weekend for Golubon to see if he can get things going and maybe get some momentum Devil's on advocate. his side. Devil's advocate, Clay, is it never not an, an, an interesting weekend for Jimmy Goulbon? It is always an interesting weekend for Jimmy Goulbon. <laughs> like. One, 149, um, Nebraska is going to send out one of these two freshmen, either Colin Purinton or Jordan Shearer. Both will get paid. I've got to be honest, I can't tell you that I know the darndest thing about either one of these poor kids, but... They're being put in a really tough spot here. Yes. They'll both be pinned. Probably quickly. Um, 157. We've got Tyler Berger, which we uh, talked about late, earlier. Um, Berger, for a while, I believe, was ranked as high as number two by Flow, Flow Wrestling with um, Dylan Palacio and JoJo Smith out of the rankings due, due to injury. Um, Berger made the finals at Midlands. And had what looked like a, a winning takedown, sudden victory against Michael Kemmer waved off. I'm still not sure, having seen the review, why the takedown wasn't awarded. He seemed to have both ankles with the entire body down, and there's no longer any reaction time. So, so I think that call was kind of blown. But um, impressive performance by Berger, who's grown leaps and bounds from what we saw last year where I mean, admittedly, everyone kind of got pushed around by Jason Nolf, but he didn't look like he really belonged on the same mat. And while I still think Nolf may win this handily, um, Berger looked much, much better. Honest to goodness, though, Clay, how many kids in a year and a half now have honestly looked like they belong on the mat with Nolf? Two? Two? Three, maybe? Uh, I'm very interested to see uh, how the aforementioned Michael Kemmerer does because I thought he had lost to Berger. 165, we've got Justin Arthur who, or uh, Dustin Williams from Nebraska, neither of which I know really much about. Um, both unranked. Should be an opportunity this weekend for Chenzo to build up some momentum and maybe get some bonus. Um, 174, 174, we got Micah Barnes who I've got to imagine Micah Barnes is really, really happy that he's not wrestling Bo Nickel anymore because... Poor Michael Barnes was brutalized last year, I believe, in two matches by Bo Nickel. Yeah, Bo put on a show at Rec Hall, I remember. Um, 184, you've got TJ Dudley, 
uh, returning finalist. Um, matchup of the duel, I would imagine. Um, yeah, but Poe's going to win. I said as much before, I think Bo Nichols, the far more versatile record wrestler. I don't know that Dudley has the gas tank to stay with him either. Yeah, I mean, um, McCutcheon beat Dudley last year. I'm, I'm not worried about, uh, I, I'm not too worried about Bo. Yeah. I think Bo may win this match and may actually get bonus, which we'll, we'll touch on later. Um, 197, another um, pretty tough matchup for Matt McCutcheon to see where he's at. Uh, former All-American, I believe, in Aaron Studebaker. Uh, Studebaker has given, given um, Morgan McIntosh some tough matches. Right now ranked in the top 10 by Flo. I believe he's ranked uh, number 8 or 9. We're going to check up on that real quick. Um, very, very tough on top. So it should be interesting to see how how uh, Kutch comes out there against the number eight, eight ranked wrestler in the country in there is Sue Baker. Sue Baker, not an All-American, by the way. He has, he has he has two R12 losses. Two, two blood round losses? Yeah. So just a, a really scrappy guy there, Aaron, Aaron Sue Baker. Um, 285. You've got uh, Colin Jensen, the favorite wrestler of uh, Kevin Clonch and Tommy Baranowski over at the Blood Round podcast. Uh, if you get a chance to check out that, check those guys out. Um, Jensen's going to match up with uh, Nick Nevels, and uh, an interesting matchup here. I think I think Nevels should be the pretty clear favorite, but it'll be. I, I'm very interested to see whether Nick can maybe pick up some bonus here. And it'll give you a good idea of where he is in relationship to that tier below him or even a little further below that. Yep. Yep. All right, let's go through this. I've got 125. I've got Nick Suriano, decision over Tim Lambert at 133. I've got Eric Montoya with a major decision over... over uh, I'll say decision over Jared Cortez. I think he pins George Carpenter. Um, so, but I think Cortez, I think Cortez will wrestle this weekend. So I'm going to go with three three. Um, Colton McChrystal, ah, uh, Jimmy, I'm going to put my faith in you. Jimmy wins six three. Whoever Nebraska puts out at one forty nine is going to get pinned twelve three. Um, Berger, I'm going to say Null. Tech falls him. Um, it's it's Null. Um, Seventeen three at the break. One sixty five. Justin Arthur or Dustin Williams. I'm going to go technical fall there. 22 to 3. Uh, Micah Barnes. Uh, it depends who wrestles. Let's say it's, I don't know, let's say it's Rashid or Gino. I'll just go 25 3 there. Uh, TJ Dudley. Uh, I think Bo's going to major him 29 to 3. Aaron Studebaker. Um, I like catching this one. I'm going 28 3. Um, and Colin Jensen. Uh, I'm going to go with Neville's again. I'm going 31 3. I think we've got some, something similar. I've got uh, Suriano with the decision over Lambert to make it 3 nothing. I think um, if Cortez wrestles, I still think Montoya, if he can get on top at all, Cortez is in trouble. So I think it might be a major decision. I have a hard time not seeing Eric Montoya being able to turn Jared Cortez unless almost all of Cortez's struggles on bottom were due to his injury. Um, Wish they could have Colton McCry- Very possible. Colton McChrystal... Um, I think probably beats Jimmy Golubon. I've got it 7-3. Um, Rutherford's going to come out with a pin to make it 9-7. to seven. 
Um, 57, I think Tyler Berger keeps it to a major decision. I've been really, really impressed with Tyler Berger this year. So that makes Not it, me. what? That makes it, what, 13 to, uh... 7. 13 to 7? Um, we got a major decision for Tenzo at 165, no matter who they send out to make it 17-7. Um, I think Rashid, if he wrestles, gets... Bonus. I think he, he probably gets a major decision against Barnes to get twenty one to seven. Barnes, not bad. Like I know that name. Like was he like not bad before and got worse? I've seen Michael Barnes have some really impressive performances, and then I've seen yeah, Michael like, Barnes lay some eggs. Bad. Okay, so it, it kind of depends on which Michael Barnes you get. Right. Um, like, I'm with you. He, I, I think I think Bo probably majors TJ Dudley. Yeah, he's just a way better wrestler. Really, I don't like that matchup at all for Dudley, and I think Dudley's very good. I just no, he's think so strong. Feet, he's a he's an ox. Well, he, he's huge. He's huge. I don't know what weight that he. I was actually wrestling at last year against Gabe Dean, when that final rolled around, but he had to be close to two hundred pounds. If I'm, yeah, I mean, no, if I'm no, Nebraska football a, coach Mike Riley, I, I'm inquiring about that kid. He's a, a gigantic human being, but he's going to get major decisions by Bo Nickel. <laughs> that being um, said, make it twenty-five-seven. Um, I think Cutchin. McCutcheon bounces back from a loss to Far to make it 28-7. And I think you're going to see Nick Nevels come up with a pin of Colin Jensen to make it 34-7. Wow. So you have have Penn State winning less matches than me, but scoring a few more points. I really, really don't envy anybody who gets stuck beneath Nick Nevels because he runs that bar over, the bar and half over, and pretty much decides that he's going to take your shoulder out of the socket, at which point you really don't have a choice but to end up on your back. And I think that Colin Jensen ends up on his back and looking up the lights in this one. Ouchie. So literally, two wins. Like literally and figuratively, ouch. Two wins for uh, Penn State this weekend. Two strong wins to start off the dual season. Or not the dual season, but the, uh, the conference dual season. Um... Clay, Anything particular you're looking for yeah, from I, either of these duels? Yeah, I'm, uh, I was going to say, how cool would it be for Mark to make his debut at Minnesota this weekend? Get out there, get a pin, run off the mat. Ugh, ugh. It's the stuff dreams are made of, Clay. I think if he's... I, I don't know that he would come out this weekend, but if like the plan was to take him out this weekend, I would think that you would have to do it in Minnesota. Yeah. Like, there is something to be said for... like. Emotion. Kale has going some out of that. there, getting that pin at Minnesota in front of in front of Gable Stevenson would be a brilliant move for Kale. Kale, do it. Just do it, Kale. Um, look at team race. Uh, I think team, things are starting to take shape. You've had some injuries, some guys in, some guys out. Mizzou's um, suffered some really serious injuries. Lost Willie Nicholas for the season. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mizzou's out of it. Yeah, Mizzou's out of it now. Mizzou's probably out of it. Um. So right now you got four teams, right? You, you got. Oh, quick trivia question. Quick trivia question on the team race too. What school has the longest consecutive streak of having a champion at the Southern Scuffle? Having a champion at the Southern Scuffle. Yes. Is it the Missouri Tigers? No, it's Cornell. Wow. Yes. Um, I, that shouldn't surprise me with what Rob Cole's done with that program, but. Um, Gabe Dean just like, kind of mauled yeah, his way like through the It's like 10 years in a row. 10 years in a row they've had a champ there. 
Really impressive job by that program. But um, looking at team race, we have four teams that right now I think could claim that they have a chance in the national championship. I have got, it at three, actually. I have it at three, to be honest. You, we'll, we'll see which team you have left out then. Because we have Penn State, I think we can all agree, are going to be contenders. Um, major, major points from three weight classes with with uh, Nolf, Nickel, and Rutherford. And then some some really other high potential high finishers with Suriano, maybe a Mark Hall in there. Nick Nevels, um, not a strong weight class, 197. So you get, you got some, some options there. Um, the most well-rounded team in the country is probably down in Stillwater. Um, you've got – I don't know that it will happen. In fact, I don't even think that it will happen. But it's not inconceivable to say that they could match Minnesota's record of, of 10 All-Americans. Or is that Iowa? Um, you, you could – conceivably see 10 All-Americans for Oklahoma State, um, even though I don't think they're quite as top-heavy as Penn State. I think You could conceivably see 10 All-Americans for Penn State, too. I mean, I, I don't think that's something that's just respective to Oklahoma State. I have it, like, individually. I'm not saying I have an expectation for Penn State to have 10 All-Americans, but I think individually I have an expectation for every Penn State seller to be an All-American. I think there's a better chance of some of Oklahoma State's fringe All-Americans I agree. I agree. To, I'm just saying- to, to be one than maybe, like, a, say, a Jimmy Golovan. No, I agree. I'm just saying, like, that also, like, could be applied to Penn State, too. Yeah. But th- those, I think, are your two really strong favorites. Um, right behind them, I have Ohio State, who, similar to Penn State, has some very, very top-heavy results. You're going to get major points out of Kyle Snyder. You're probably going to get really big points from Nathan Thomas Nate Solo Tom, at 133. Yeah. And then some big points coming probably at 174 with Bo Jordan. Although, we've yet to see much of Bo Jordan yet. Yet, so who knows what we're going to get there. We already um, congratulated him on the podcast about the baby, right? We did. Okay. Another congratulations. You've got um, Fringe All-Americans there with Jose Rodriguez at 133. Don't know what you're going to get with Luke Pletcher at 141, but everyone knows Pletcher can be very, very tough. Um, Micah and Jordan, boring. I think. And boring. I, I think Micah Jordan might be the second best wrestler in the country at 149. We'll see how that plays out. Uh, I don't think they're going to get anything from Jake Ryan at 157. I don't think they're going to get anything from Cody Bercher at 165. I'm not even going to try to guess what they get out of Miles Martin at 184. Um, And then 197, they've got Colin Moore, who I think everyone thinks is really good, but nobody knows is really good. So we'll see how that turns out. I cannot believe... Bo Nick a loss to Miles Martin. We've touched on it before. I think um, Bo's probably still. Ki- I, I don't know that there's going to be a time where Bo's not kicking himself over that one. No, but so um, Bo could be like Olympic champion in ten years and be like that match in Madison Square Garden. Fourth team, who I believe is probably the team you have out of your top three. Wow, is you know is Iowa? Yes, is, is the Hawkeyes. Um, a lot of this rides on the health of Corey Clark, and nobody knows what's going on there. Missed a couple of matches, missed Midlands. Um, we're Apparently not going should to be back this weekend. Should be back this weekend, I saw. I hope so, for, for Corey's sake. Really good kid, really talented wrestler. Um, not going to speculate on his injury, but it sounds like, as you said, that he's 
supposed to be back, and it's not too long-term, so that's good to hear. Um, you could have major points coming from Thomas Gilman at 125. Major points coming at 133 from Clark. 141, you've got Vince Turk. Not really sure what's going on there. Um, if it's not Vince Turk, it'll be Tober Carton. 149, you have Brandon Sorensen. Um, I actually think they, lo- they may lose points there due to... Due to Micah Jordan, will be very interesting to see how that turns out. And Anthony Colica looks very, very good this year. Early in the season at 149 for Oklahoma State. 157, you have Michael Kemmerer, who I think is probably the second or third best wrestler in the country in 157 by a good distance, both on either ends. I don't think he's close to being the best wrestler, and I don't think he's that close to. I mean, I guess you could say Berger. I think him but, and JoJo uh, would be a good match. I think JoJo needs to get his weight in order. Um, it's been noted that he struggled with that since coming back from injury and was really dominated. I mean, I, I guess the back points kind of made the score look worse, but Jordan Cutler of Lehigh looked fantastic in the final where he put put a weapon on, on Joe Smith. Um, it's not Joe 165. It's, um, it's really hard to say. Um Alex Marinelli, is he going to wrestle? What are you going to get from him? I'm not as bullish, uh, pun intended, on the bowl, Alex Marinelli. Um, some think he can be a mid to high AA. I don't think he quite has that offensive game yet. Um, holds position very well, but I think he might struggle in a very, very deep weight class. Um, 174, another guy that I'm not necessarily as high on, is uh, Alex Meyer, who I think oh, lacks I like some, some kid, offense actually. there. Um, 184, Sammy Brooks. I don't know what to say about Sammy Brooks, because really good Sammy Brooks can be anybody not named Bo Nickel or Gabe Dean. Um, really bad Sammy Brooks can lose to probably 10, 10, 10, 14 guys at that weight class. Um, he's been better. Um, he's been more good than bad over the last two years. I don't expect him to lose to, to somebody low rank, but... I mean, we saw. I, I don't know how he fared last year at, at NCAA's, but I know he didn't wrestle the seed. No, he didn't. Um, I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he was like one and two. He was the second seed, I believe, last year yes. no, at, I, at yeah. 184, and, and did not wrestle the seed. Obviously, with with TJ Dudley finishing second. Um, 197 looks kind of like a black hole for Iowa. Not really sure what they're throwing out there. There, in 285, you get the big guy with the mutton chops, uh, Sam Stolback. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Sam Stoll in terms of watching him wrestle, but he's very good at getting results. I think he's probably there about with Neville's, where he oh, might he be did. in that. I lied. I have to apologize. Sammy Brooks did All-American last year. He took eighth. Who did? Sammy Brooks. That much he went, what, three and three in NCAAs? Sammy Brooks took eighth. But still, uh, wrestling from the n- number two seed, not a great performance no. by Brooks. Um... Sam Stoll, I think, is probably in the Neville's category where he could be maybe as high as four and as low as maybe like eight or nine. Um, I'm not a particularly large fan of Stoll in terms of the way he wrestles. I think he's a bit plodding and is kind of that old-style heavyweight where I want to get you in a, a one-takedown match and maybe get a riding time point. Um, but I think Iowa could get enough from 25, 33, 49 and 57 to at least 
be within shouting distance if if they get big performances then from from Brooks and maybe one or two other weights. But the problem is they don't score any bonus points. Well, they're definitely going to get. Bo- I mean, they're going to get bonus no. points from Gilman. They're going to get bonus points from Clark. Maybe. Listen, the problem is they wrestle too many close matches. They don't get enough bonus points. So when you wrestle that many close matches, like you're going to lose some of them because they're close and your NCAs and, and, and dumb stuff happens. They don't get bonus points. They haven't won in a while. There's a lot of pressure in that room to win. I, I will eat my shorts if I, if Iowa wins. I, they're not going to win. And I think there's a huge step between like the top three and them. I think they're going to get pretty big bonus this year from Gilman and Clark. I mean, you you saw it kind of. Gilman pins at, at almost Clark's everybody. Clark's shoulder has to stay on. As well. I mean, um, I have no faith his shoulder can stay on. For c- concerns with injury for Clark. Um, I think you're going to get bonus points from Kemmerer. You might get early round bonus points from Brooks, but that's the issue more than anything with Iowa's. Guys have not wrestled the seed, and you need at least one or two guys to not only wrestle the seed, but then you need lower seeded guys to make a run, like a... James English or somebody to sneak in as an All-American. I don't know whether that's maybe um, Vince Turk or Tover Carton at 141. Um, whether that's an Alex Marinelli coming out of red shirt and getting like a fourth or something at 165. But you need somebody that you don't expect big points from to wrestle above their seed. And I was not had anyone do that really in recent years. No. So... No. Bit muddied in the team race. Um, I still think Penn State's a favorite. I know you and I differ in terms of how they're going to fare if Mark Hall does not wrestle. But it's good to see the Big Ten season starting and good to see things trying to uh, thin out and kind of get a picture of how things are going to look down the stretch this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, really, uh, really exciting time. Um you know, can't wait to see Mark hopefully on Friday. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's you know, football's over. I don't care about Penn State basketball, so it's wrestling season now. No time like it. Absolutely not. All right, Clay, any uh, final thoughts here? Not much to wrap up. Uh, as always, you can find us anywhere you can find podcasting on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreakers, and SoundCloud, as well as on um Libsyn.com, BlackShoeDiaries.com. Obviously, look for the post, and you can listen right on the site. Um, Not much more. Uh, Glad to be back at it. Had some nice holiday season. Enjoyed the break, but glad to have wrestling back in my life. Yeah. Shout out Jason Bryant, Mad Talk Online. Keep doing your thing. Shout out JB, and uh, glad to be back. That's all I have. Oh, and the other JB, too, Jordan Burroughs, now that he's going to wrestle in 2017, which is cool. Oh, Jordan Burroughs, back World Cup, Iran, next year. Keep an eye. As you said, signing off. Garrett, see ya. Yep, see you later.